Thank you for checking out our sermon here at Hope Church. We're excited that you came across this message and are tuning in. We just want to make sure you're aware of a few things before we get to the sermon. First, we'd love to connect with you. You can follow us on our social networks at Hope Church LV, and also be sure to check out our website at hopechurchonline.com. There, you can find out more information about who we are and where we're going as a church. Once again, thank you so much for checking out this sermon at Hope Church. Please let us know if there's any way we can come alongside you and your family. Enjoy the message. The word light is referenced over 250 different times within the pages of Scripture. It's referenced both in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament. And in addition to those hundreds of references to light, we also see hundreds of references to that which opposes light, that being darkness. And this concept of light and darkness is something that all of us understand. It's incredibly simple, and all of us understand it. Our children understand it because it's so simple. But this contrast of light and dark is also very, very familiar to us. I mean, think about it in terms of nature. Literally every single day, we see light and we see dark. There is a point today when the sun came up, and there'll be a point today when the sun goes down. We will see light and we will see darkness in nature. But we also see the symbolism and this concept represented in culture. I mean, think for a moment about all the different ways in our culture that we see light and darkness symbolized. That we see right and wrong, good and evil symbolized. For example, in the media, there are so many different ways that we see this symbolism of light and darkness. When I think about this concept in terms of media, my mind immediately goes to one of the most successful film series of all time, that being Star Wars. I mean, the whole premise of this story is around this man named Luke Skywalker who represents that which is good, that which is right, that which is light. And then you have Darth Vader who represents evil and things that are wrong, and he represents the dark side, literally. But with so many different concepts out there about that which is light and that which is dark, it's important for us as we look into God's word today that we understand when the Bible references light and when the Bible references darkness, what's actually being communicated. In most places within Scripture, when the Bible references light, it's referring to truth, salvation, or a God-honoring way of living. And when the Scripture refers to darkness, it's referring to a way of living apart from God and the things of God. Jesus made a fascinating statement about this contrast in John chapter 8. He said this, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. And while there's nothing wrong with us talking about 
light and darkness in nature or light and darkness in culture. If we are going to faithfully follow Jesus, we must understand the significance of spiritual light and spiritual darkness. So during our time together today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at what the Scripture teaches about how you and I can walk in the light. So if you have a Bible today, would you turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 5? And in just a moment, I'm going to begin reading in verse 6. As a church family, we are in the final three weeks of a series called Walk This Way. And to conclude this series, we're looking at 20 verses in Ephesians chapter 5 that contain 15 different commands. And what we've established in this series that God is that God has not given us commandments because he's an evil dictator looking for us to earn his approval. God has actually given us commands to protect us and to show us his design for life. And one of the commands that we've already looked at within this passage is in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1. Here's the command. Be imitators of God as dearly loved children. And here's what we're discussing right now at this stage in the series. We're looking at three ways that you and I can be imitators of God and obey that commandment. And here are the three ways. By walking in love walking in light, and walking in wisdom. So our time tonight is going to be spent discovering what it means to walk in light. So look with me in Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to start reading in verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Verse 9. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate. In the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. And then verse 14, the author here, Paul, references a verse from the Old Testament. For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper. And arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So I want to give you a big idea or a biblical conclusion from this passage of Scripture. It's the big idea we want to spend our time discussing today, and here it is. In the midst of a dark world, Jesus' followers are defined by the light. In the midst of a world full of darkness, what defines you and I as followers of Jesus is the light that we've experienced in the Lord. 
Our walk with Jesus is to be marked by spiritual light. Now, within this big idea, there is both bad news and there's also good news. Here's the bad news. We live in a dark world. Now, as I say that, no one is shocked. No one is gasping for breath when they hear me say that the world is a dark place. I'd imagine if we called the timeout during the sermon and checked the latest news feeds, most of the news headlines we would read would be discouraging. No one looks at the condition of the world today and says, man, I really feel good about the direction the world's headed in. No one thinks to themselves, man, as I assess the condition of the world, I'm really excited about what's going on. Why is that? Because we live in a dark world. And several weeks ago in this series, when we were looking in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 18, we looked at a description from Paul about the condition or the state of the world that he was living in. And it was true then and it's true now. Here's what Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 4 verses 18 and 19. Speaking of the people in the world, their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. That is the epitome of a dark world. And in our text today, Paul once again begins to describe the condition of this dark world. And he says several phrases to describe the condition of the world. In verse 6, he says this, Don't be deceived by the sons of disobedience. He's referring to people who were living in open rebellion before God. He says in this world, in this dark world, there are disobedient people. He says in verse 11, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. He's saying there are people living in this world who are walking in darkness and they are wasting their lives because their fruit, there is no fruit from their life. He says in verse 14, he says, arise from the dead, speaking of people who are spiritually dead because they've never come to a place of repentance before God and embraced his life. So as Paul looks at this dark world, he says there are disobedient people. There are people who are wasting their life and they are spiritually dead. It was true then and it's true now. We live in a dark world. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. Jesus came to bring light. Here's what Jesus said about himself in John chapter 12. I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. You see, because of the light, because of Jesus, the bad news does not have to be the final story in the life of you and I. Jesus has shown us another way. And in verse 9, Paul describes the fruit of light. Another way to think about that is it's the fruit of Jesus. It's the fruit of his life being pressed out through us. And once again, Paul references three things. He says the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. 
He says it consists of goodness. That's a life that makes a difference. He says it consists of righteousness. That's a life that is honoring to God. He says it exists, it's a life that consists of truth, which is a life of integrity. So think about the contrast just in our text for today between those who walk in darkness and those who walk in the light. Paul says those who walk in darkness, they're wasting their life because their efforts are unfruitful. But he says those who walk in the light, their life, it makes a difference. He says those who walk in darkness, they are disobedient. But those who walk in the light, their life is honoring to God. It's a life of righteousness. He says those who walk in darkness, they are spiritually dead and living a life based off what they desire. Versus those who walk in the light, they live a life of truth or they are living with integrity the way God intended. Do you see the difference in those who walk in darkness and those who walk in the light? And the scripture is teaching us today that in the midst of a dark world, the people of God are to be marked by the light of the Lord. In the midst of a dark world, Jesus' followers are to be defined by the light. We live in a dark world, but Jesus came to show us a new way. And to really understand this further, I want us to look at verse 8 together. Verse 8 says this, For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And to help us understand verse 8, I want to share with you two results of being defined by the light. Two things that take place because we are marked, we are defined by spiritual light. And here's the first one. A new identity. The light changes who I am. One immediate result of you and I walking in the light, being in the light, is that we have a new identity. It changes who we are. Verse 8, he says, formerly you were darkness. Because all of humanity is born onto the earth, spiritually dead, walking in darkness. But then he says, but now you are light in the Lord. You see, when, when a person is in darkness... They not only do dark things, it's their identity. They are in that darkness. You see, sin does not just make us bad people. Sin makes us spiritually dead people. And apart from Christ, sin is, or darkness is not just what we do. Darkness is who we are. But in Christ, we are transferred out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. And we are given a new identity. The light changes who we are. James Montgomery Boyce said this about verse 8. The most important thing about this statement, meaning verse 8, is that Paul does not say merely that before their conversion, they were light, they were in the darkness. And now... Since their conversion, they are in the light, though this is true. He says something more profound. Before, they were darkness. Now, they are light. He is pointing to a change in them, not merely a change in their surroundings. 
We were darkness. That was our identity. But through a love relationship with Jesus, we are now light. And we are defined by that light with a new identity. We also see in the first part of verse 8 that we are light in the Lord, not light in ourselves. You see, what allows me to have a new identity in the light is not my works, it's not my deeds, it's not my talents, it's not my abilities. What has brought me into the light is the grace and mercy of God. And he has reconciled me into a relationship with the Father. And I now have a relationship with him. And I am defined by the light. Over 60 times in the New Testament, the Bible refers to those who follow Jesus as saints. Which could literally be translated holy ones. So according to scripture, if you have a relationship with God tonight, you are a saint. You are a holy one before him. Now, I know the fleshly tendency to hear something like that and think, well, that's not really me. I don't necessarily see myself as a holy one before God. I don't really feel like a saint. But as we think about identity tonight, I want you to hear me say this. Regardless of how you feel and regardless of what your perspective is, According to the truth of Scripture, right now in this moment, God sees you as holy and as righteous and as blameless as Jesus because our identity is 100% found in Him. And despite all of our tendencies to think that we have to earn His approval or measure up to a certain level, positionally we are before God as holy ones, Because of his grace, because of his mercy, and because of his love. So the first result of you and I being defined by the light is that we have a new identity. It changes who we are. But there's a second result of being defined by the light, and it's this. It's a new walk. You see, the light changes how I live. The light changes my identity. It changes who I am. But it also changes my walk. It changes how I live. Look at the last part of verse 8. He says, walk as children of light. He doesn't just address our new identity in the light. He also speaks practically to our walk as children of light. You see, light not only allows us to see, light allows us to walk. Spiritually, when our eyes are open to the goodness and the greatness and the love of God, we are made spiritually alive. But it's that same light, the love and the life of Jesus that allows us to walk with him and in him on a regular basis. In Christ, we are light. So we are to live out of our new identity. The heart of God is to conform us into the image of Jesus So that what is true about us positionally with our new identity in Christ is being worked out in our life practically on a moment-by-moment basis. And to understand how you and I are to practically walk in the light, we have to wrestle with verse 10. Look at verse 10. It speaks of action. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. 
This phrase, trying to learn, carries the idea of proving or testing. It means to make a critical examination of something. And for us, here's what that is. It's our lives. There's two, there's two parts here. There's to be testing in order to determine what is pleasing to the Lord. We are to examine our thoughts, our attitudes, our actions in light of understanding what is pleasing to God. According to medical news today, in the United States, approximately 19 million people have some type of phobia. 19 million people who live in this country claim to have some type of phobia. I want to put the name of a phobia on the screen, and it's a phobia that I just discovered this past week. It's pronounced heliophobia, and here's what it is. It's a fear of sunlight. It's a fear of walking outside and seeing or being exposed to the sunlight. Now, I'm not a doctor, and so I don't know the causes or the challenges that come with this. But as a pastor, here's what I know. There are many Jesus followers who have this phobia spiritually. And there's a fear to take what I think about, to take my attitudes, to take my relationships, to take my actions, and bring them into the light of God. If you are a child of God, there should be no fear in you to expose every aspect of your walk to the light of God. The only way that we can determine, according to verse 10, what's pleasing to God is to examine our lives in the light of God. So here's what I want to do to help us apply this, specifically verse 10. I want to share with you four questions to measure your desire to walk in the light. Four questions that we're just going to wrestle with for the remainder of our time. It's very easy to sit in a setting like this and hear someone say, we are to walk in the light. We're to be defined by the light and to agree and even to respect it. It's something different to take your walk and bring it into the light of God to determine if you really desire to walk in the light as he is in the light. So here's, here's the first question for us to think about to measure if we desire to walk in the light. Am I willing to be totally honest with God? Are you willing to be totally honest with the Lord? There is an incredible pressure that exists in our society to appear a certain way in public, on social media, 
at church, and even before God. And here's what happens. We feel such a pressure. And what it leads to is us portraying ourselves in a certain way, even when we know that we are absolutely fake. And here's what it means to be honest with God. It means to say something like, Lord, I'm tired, I'm confused, I'm hurt, I'm angry, I'm overwhelmed, I'm sinful, I'm discouraged, I'm selfish, I'm struggling. God is big enough to handle your honesty. And just so we're all on the same page, he knows anyway. Here's what I believe. Health and healing will never come about in your life until you're willing to be honest. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this, sin wants to remain unknown. It shuns the light. So as you just measure in your own heart and you listen to the voice of God, even in this moment, here's the first question to measure your desire to walk in the light. Are you willing to be totally honest with God? Here's the second question. Am I willing to accept God's total honesty with me? You see, it's one thing to decide tonight, I'm just going to acknowledge some stuff I've never acknowledged before God. I'm going to be honest with him. It's another level to stop talking and listen. We must be willing to listen to what God has to say about our attitude, our heart, our actions, our relationships. Listen, what God shares with us is not always what we want to hear, but it's what we need to hear. It can be uncomfortable. It can be challenging. It can be stressful. But it's always right. Because the heart of God is to conform us into the image of Jesus, which is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And here's what I've learned about my heart. The way I respond to the Lord exposing unhealthy things in my life are a telling sign about my desire to walk in the light. Are you willing to be honest with the Lord? And are you willing to accept his total honesty with you? Here's the third question for us. Am I willing to do whatever it takes to be right with God and others? Is there a willingness to say, Lord, whatever, whenever, however, what matters most to me is walking in the light, which means being in right relationship with you and right relationship with others as far as it depends on me. Miles Stanford said this, though our sins can in no way affect our position in the light or alter his thoughts of love toward us. They can and do affect our thoughts and attitude toward our Father. If there are some things in your life that are not right, it's affecting your fellowship with the Lord. 
And I believe that if our heart cry is to be in the light as he is in the light, we'll be willing to say, God, whatever it takes. Listen, sin grieves God. Sin hurts us. And sin hurts those around us. And if we're going to be people who walk in the light, there has to be a desire to say, Lord, I'll stop that. I'll change this part of my lifestyle. I'll step away from this. I'll engage in this way. God, whatever it takes. I want the light to change the way I walk. Here's a fourth and final question. Am I being sensitive to the things that influence my life? Am I being sensitive to the things that are influencing me? The opposite of that is to be oblivious. Can you say tonight that there's an intentionality to guard your heart and to guard your mind? In the midst of this world that is dark, there are things coming at you on a daily basis that you must guard against. But you will never even be aware of them unless you are sensitive about the things that are influencing your life. You see, we cannot walk in close fellowship with the Lord if we are trying to also walk in sin at the same time. So here's here's a four-question filter for us to measure our heart desire to walk in the light. And this isn't something tonight you just need to go down the list and determine your answer. I hope you'll take these questions into your God time this week, into your group time this week, and wrestle with some people and talk to them about what God is saying to you. This requires honesty. It requires transparency. But it's right and it's good and must be realized in our lives if we're ever going to walk in the light. Oswald Chambers said this, and I think it's just such a challenge for us as we conclude. He said to walk in the light means that everything that is of the darkness actually drives me closer to the center of the light. That means we're not trying to find ourselves right on the line of what's dark and what's light and get as close as we can. That means when we sense in any way that we're exposing ourselves to darkness, we are running the other way towards the light of the world in a pursuit of being people who walk in his light. It's challenging. But it's right. And if we are going to be people who imitate God as his dearly loved children, one of the ways that applies to us, one of the ways that is fleshed out in our lives is by walking in the light. Amen? I want to invite you to bow your head tonight. We're going to move now to a time of response. And really our whole service has been driving to this moment.
You know, everything around us is always rushed. Here's what I love. Every Sunday during this time of response, we're not in a hurry. We're not rushed. These are moments for us to seek the heart of God and to seek to apply and respond to Him based off what He's saying to us. So I want you to think, as you're just sitting there before the Lord, how is God speaking to you? You may recognize tonight that you don't have a relationship with God. There's never been a time when you have recognized your sin and the fact that you fall short of God's standard for a relationship with Him. There's never been a time when you've acknowledged that sin and put your faith in Jesus, in His life, in His finished work on the cross. If tonight you need Jesus, in just a moment we're going to stand and sing a song of response and we have some pastors here along the stage. We would love to connect you tonight with someone who can show you from the Bible how you can begin a relationship with God. For others of us, I want us to press in again on on those questions. I want you to think for a moment, what is it specifically that God is shining a light on, so to speak, in your life? Are you being honest with God? Is there something that you've been avoiding, something you've been failing to acknowledge, something you've been failing to confess? And tonight, maybe for the first time in your life, you would say, God, it's time for me to get honest about this. Are you accepting what God is saying to you? Maybe there's something about your life that God's been pointing out. Maybe there's a way he's leading you that you've just been running from. And tonight, maybe for the first time in your life, you're going to accept what God's saying to you and obey what he's saying and embrace the action that he's leading you into. Are you willing to do whatever it takes to be right with God and others? I don't know what that means for you. But I would hope your heart tonight as we think about being people who walk in the light would be to say, Lord, whatever, whenever, however, I want to be right with you. I want to be right with others as far as it depends on me. I want to walk in the light. And finally, are you sensitive to the things that influence you? Has God pointed out some things that you need to begin to guard against? Some things that have just crept in over time, subtly, but you recognize tonight you're in a bad spot. The darkness has crept in and you need to begin to guard your heart and your mind in a more serious way. Lord, I pray that you would help all of us to apply these principles. God, practically and personally, thank you that you speak to us thank you that it's not left up to us to figure all this out 
but you've given us a guide. Lord, you give us these commandments to protect us and to show us what life is to look like. I pray that tonight we would leave this place embracing this command to walk in the light. You may be here tonight and and you have a need. It's physical, it's financial, it's relational. And you just, you need somebody before you leave this campus to pray over you. Just a moment, we're going to stand and sing this song. And our pastors are here because we'd love to pray for you. Maybe you need to come to these steps and just kneel down like it's an altar and just cry out to God. Maybe you need to sit there at your seat and just listen to the voice of God. Maybe you want to stand and be a part of this worship song we're about to sing. These are moments for us to respond to the Lord as he speaks to us. So God, we are listening. We are clay in your hands. Mold us and shape us into what you desire for us to be. We need you tonight. It's in your name I pray.